0: Hello listeners, Matt here to introduce a very special bonus episode of Even the Trunchbull. Now, as you might know, our previous episode that we did on the podcast was a bit of a rundown of schools in fiction and non-fiction, so we had fantasy school settings, magical school settings, some real world school settings. What you might not know is that Nina, for while has been writing a novel with a sci-fi school setting Um, and when we were recording last month I asked her about that as part of the rundown and she chatted a bit about that and we decided not to put it out as part of that episode but to run it as a special bonus episode which is what you're hearing now. I've been hugely lucky enough and privileged enough um, to get bits of Nina's writing sent through as she writes it, which is a really lovely way to experience a novel and a new bit of writing. I get it non-linearly. I get bits from here, there and everywhere through the story. I love it. I think it's really wonderful writing and a lovely story. So what you're going to get now is just a little Snippet of that same privilege. There's a couple of extracts from Nina's writing in here and a bit of an insight into the school that Nina went to in France as well. I really hope you enjoy it and we'll be back next month with a, a fuller episode. Can we talk about your
1: book? Huh. Okay. Maybe... We'll put this out as a separate one because it's not really part of this. But sure, let's talk about my book. What would you like to know? Well, because you've got a,
0: a somewhat magical school setting.
1: I've got a sci fi school setting.
0: From the bits of it that I've read, I guess how much of that is like directly your French boarding school?
1: Hmm. In some ways, what it is is an exaggerated version of all the French schools I went to. Mm. So it's also an exaggerated version of what it's like to be an autistic girl in that setting. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: But I went to bilingual school. That was a really hippie setting that had these really great ideals about equality and being left-wing and environmentally friendly and all these other really like great values. But like we said, like with the school in the dragonfly pool, it also meant that none of our teachers were trained teachers. Mm. And they all just sort of tried out their educational theories on us. And sometimes that was great. And sometimes that was really bad. And what happened, partly, is like children who were probably going to do well anywhere did great. And children who needed more support got no support because the school was just stretched so thin, like my primary school had two teachers, one for the children under seven, and one for the children over seven. So they're teaching to these big, mixed age classrooms. And I think in many ways, that's great. I think a like mixed age classroom is really good for fostering relationships between the older kids and the younger kids and not segregating them. We felt responsible for each other. And there was a buddy system where when you were 11 you got assigned a 10 year old to look after when you were 10 you got assigned a nine year old to look after and so on all the way down
0: this is one of the things that I think in the bits I've read of your writing that I don't feel like I've seen in any of these other like fantasy sci-fi school settings is the sort of main relationships being like not intergenerational but like inter-school year, like it's sort of a younger protagonist with like a idolizing like an older mental figure.
1: Shamila was already at work peeping carefully under loose pieces of bark and making notes on her clipboard. I watched her through the fogged up glass window in the door for a few seconds before going in. She had a bright red scarf wrapped around her neck and her hair was all tucked into it. Little white clouds were coming out of her mouth. She looked really nice. I pushed open the door and the cold air hit me. Angelou, it's a bit early for you, isn't it? What about assembly? Didn't want to go. I'd rather get started on the work in here. It's the snow machine today, you know? Yeah, I know. I saw it last year. It was really loud and everyone was pushing and shoving. Shamilla gave a little nod and didn't say anything else about it. That was something else I liked about her. She didn't mind about me not joining in. I could hear the shrieks and laughter from the auditorium. And I was glad I was here in the quiet garden. I thought Shamila probably liked the quiet too. I'd never seen her in the canteen with everyone else. Maybe she ate alone in her room. I couldn't wait till I was old enough for my own room.
0: What it feels like we have in your stuff is like a kid on their own and these older friends and that like slightly uncomfortable power mm. dynamic of those relationships yeah. sometimes, it's just for me for instance I remember when I dropped out of uni and then came back and it was the first time in my life that I had stepped off the conveyor belt Mm. and that the idea of what year you were in was muddied so I just think that yeah something that disrupts that in a school setting is really interesting.
1: The reason that we group children by year like that is the industrial revolution it's treating children like products on a production line Mm -hmm. and they go in at one one level and then a certain thing happens in one year and then the next year and then the next year and they get grouped Mm -hmm. like that and they get moved through a production line to be ready for the world of work at the end all at the same age.
0: Yeah.
1: And I can see why they organised it like a factory during the Industrial Revolution. But that is what that is, grouping children like that. And I do think it's detrimental to like break those relationships between children of different ages that can actually be really wonderful. For example, for learning to tie your shoe, probably better yeah. at teaching someone that when you just learned it a couple of years ago than when you learned it 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for those skills, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're probably better taught by someone who learned it recently and for whom...
0: Still has the excitement of it. Being able to do it, still being exciting yeah. as well. I and guess.
1: still being like, cool thing you want to show someone younger. Yeah. Rather than like younger people being people that you would never hang out with in a million years, because how uncool, you know, to speak to someone who's one year younger than you. Like they're a little baby, they're beneath you. You know, it's a sort of inherent hierarchy in schools.
0: In your story, the sense I get is that it's still a school in which that is unusual.
1: No, there's no classes.
0: Right, okay.
1: There's only apprenticeships.
0: Right. So you go and find
1: someone a bit older than you. Who's doing something you want to know how to do and you learn it from them?
0: Ah cool. I've not picked up on
1: this bit yet. Well, I haven't you haven't read it all yet. There are exams (laughs) for like important things like being a doctor or a pilot, things that you can't just pick it up purely experientially. There are still like rites of passage and where you know but you might be an apprentice of the doctor until she reckons you're a doctor. Right, okay. And until then you're on the health team and anybody could be on the health team from being seven to forty. And if you're seven, you're probably giving out, like, the plasters.
0: Sure. You're not doing open heart surgery.
1: And if you're 10, maybe you know how to, like, set a cast. But maybe by the time you're 14, you can do a surgery if you started when you were seven. Yeah. Maybe you can.
0: That's so cool.
1: I I made that up because I wanted to abolish the classes. Abolish that sort of enforced time with a big group of people. And the only thing you've got in common is your age. And you all have to learn the same thing, even if you're not all interested in the same thing. I started writing that book and I couldn't make myself write the school stuff because for years, I couldn't touch the school section of the book because school was so traumatic to me that Mm. I just couldn't couldn't go near it. Um, And then what I did was like took some elements of my schooling in some ways like my schooling was very hippie and unusual up to secondary school for example in that school i was telling you about where there's two teachers when you were 10 11 you got a lesson in greek mythology once a week with the cleaner because the cleaner was interested in greek mythology and the teacher didn't have time to do like reading with just us four 11 year olds so we go to the canteen once a week, and read about like Theseus with the cleaner, just because he was into Theseus.
0: That's great. It was great. That's brilliant.
1: I remember that class now, and I loved it. We went. There wasn't another classroom, so we went and sat in the canteen while someone was making the lunch. They so, yeah, had the lunch smells coming on one side. And yeah, you're reading yeah, about yeah. all this Greek myth, and you're having this like it's almost like a little tutorial. There's only four of us that age. Um, yeah. And this dude who mostly you see sweeping the floors and mopping. He's telling you all about Greek myth, and it's giving him that authority and that trust as well, right? That's and that great. would never have happened in a mainstream school. Yeah. And also, that could have been really unsafe.
0: Yes, there is, that is the other side of it. That's
1: sort of like what the yeah. school in my book is about. It's based on all these like wonderful ideals, you know, mm. like learn what you want to learn, learn from who you want to learn from, and also there's absolutely no safety net. Right. We were given loads of independence, and that worked for me because I was a really independent learner. But yeah. also the kids who needed somebody to be on their back and be looking over their shoulder and checking that they're doing stuff.
0: Or just needed being told, this is what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, they didn't get yeah.
0: that. Yeah, because even now I can't do that. You know, <laughs> I, I have to create it for myself because I'm freelance. But if it's like, this is the two hours in which we could do any of the 12 things that you're yeah. doing. Can't do it, like, do you know what I mean? It's very difficult.
1: And we had one kid who was going through some really bad trauma who was currently in care, and so obviously she kept spacing out. Yeah. She kept not being able to listen, just, like, completely zoning out. And I remember my teacher, who was wonderful to me, he was really good to me, used to say her name and stamp his foot in one go to try and get her attention. Oof. I got a bad report card from him for... (laughs) It's Not true. It was like a traffic light system. Green was you're great at it. Yellow is yeah, you're learning. Yeah. Red is you're in trouble. Everything was green except controlling your violent impulses, which was red because I'd been oh, fighting.
0: Right, <laughs> right okay.
1: <laughs> but I felt that was really unfair because I'd only got in one fight. Yeah. So I was really cross. So I took the report home, you know, to be signed by my parents. My parents signed it and were fine about it. Then I took the format of that report card and I blanked out you know the categories of stuff I was supposed to be learning and I put in categories on which I would judge the teacher I put in like (laughs) able to control your anger without stamping your foot, red
0: oh well done
1: (laughs) but but more well done for him I brought it back to school and gave it to him because there was a cheeky little sod like Mm. that and I knew I'd get away with it Mm. he took it, he looked at it he laughed and I said I want it signed by your mum and dad (laughs) He got it signed by his mum and dad.
0: Bad play.
1: And then he stopped doing the stuff I'd pulled him up on.
0: Like stamping his
1: foot and raising his voice.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's because we were in this really like radical little left-wing thing that I got away with stuff like that. Yeah. The library door gave a telltale click that meant that it had unlocked and I shoved my way in. Jimmy was sitting behind the librarian's desk, reading over the top of the glasses he wore on the tip of his nose. He looked up for a second as I came in, but then he went back on reading and chuckling to himself. I craned over to see what he was reading. It was a Pickwick Papers. That made sense. Jimmy always liked to show that he got the jerks in Dickens. "'Can I use a computer to make a search?' I asked, pointing at the keyboard moulded into his desk. Jimmy pushed up his glasses and peered at me. "'Hello, Angelou, and a good day to you too. How can I be of service?' "'I want to look up books about vampires.' ''Vampires, how very gothic of you. You'll find books on folklore around about the 391 mark, and the fantasy and horror sections are over there,'' he pointed to a cluster of shelves in the far corner. ''But, Jimmy, it'll be so much quicker if you just let me use the computer to search. No doubt. But you see, if I were to let you type ''vampire'' into the catalogue search,'' I'd be letting you pass up on all the opportunities of serendipity. If you roam the shelves with an open mind, you might stumble across a book you didn't even know you were looking for. Go on, have a browse. If you don't find what you're looking for, I'll come and help you. It was no good arguing. Some librarians were like this. They guarded the computer as if the search function was some sort of cheat. If you weren't careful, they'd start telling you about the real paper books they'd loved back in the day. I thanked him and wandered off toward the fiction shelves. And then I went to a more mainstream school and in some ways it was better. And I lost that relationship with teachers where we could actually yeah. have a conversation and where I could really give them feedback and yeah. where we really both felt like people. I remember getting in trouble. So, you know there's there's a formal you and an informal you in French. Yeah. And I was used to using informal you with everyone. And I kept getting pulled up for not using formal you. But they were using informal you with me because I was a child.
0: Because that's the thing, yeah. But I was really
1: offended. Why are you calling me informal you, but you want me to call you formal you? And you want me to call you Mr or Mrs, but you get to call me by my first name. Like, I really found that difficult transitioning into a more normal school. I got in trouble a bunch. This German teacher is probably a very nice person, but she kept hovering over my shoulder watching me write this essay and I'd never had that level of scrutiny before I'd always been free to like go off do my project turn it in when it was ready mm. you know but it was driving me mad and I turned yeah. around and snapped at her and I said I'll give it to you when it's ready and I got sent out she did try she understood I'd come from a different environment you know I remember sitting me down going you cannot talk to teachers like that you just can't and I was like, well, why do you get to do what you want and I have to do what you say? And she was like, that's school? that That's the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? What if I don't like how you're teaching? And she's like, nah. <laughs> 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 That's kind of not really my problem if you're not happy with how I'm teaching. And I went, but how is it not your problem?
0: It's, it's exactly <laughs> your problem. Yeah. It sounds like you were in a school that had some really good... I mean, it's. I guess it's the problem with any utopia, right? Yeah. Is that there are some people it's just not going to work for. Oh, I want to read more now. It's been such a pleasure reading your story the way I have, because I feel like you never get to read a book as non-linearly as that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'll have a bit from the middle and a bit from the end and a couple bits from the beginning every few months or so. Yeah.
1: Oh, thank you, Matt. I
0: love sending it to you. So there we go. That was our bonus episode looking at Nina's novel. Really hope you enjoyed that. I love Nina's writing so much. It's such a pleasure to experience it. I hope you enjoyed it too. That's it for this episode. Join us again for the next one, where we're going to be back to our usual format of a picture book and a chapter book. Okay,
1: bye for now.